The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome in to Stacking the Box podcast with Matt Verderam and Sterling Holmes. I am Sterling Holmes. Verderam, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm doing well. Uh, had a nice, relaxing weekend of watching football as a Chiefs fan. The fan in me was enjoying it. Uh, but the Mizzou fan in me decided, you know what? Let's still have some stress level. Let's still just get your ass kicked. So that part of me, no, I wasn't very unstressed all weekend long. Yeah, who'd they lose to? Name a team. Okay. I was going to say, I, I don't. AM, Florida. <laughs> it's not good. Um, I, I got to be honest. I love college basketball during the tournament, but like until we get to the college tournaments or the uh, the, the conference tournaments, rather, I just I can't. I just can't. I got too much going on. I, I like St. John's, and if St. John's was even halfway decent, I would watch all their games, but they suck every single year, and I can't waste my time. Uh, by the way, can we get a poll? A tournament? I don't know what a tournament is. I know what a tournament is. You people from the Northeast in New York, learn how to pronounce. Come on now. I, um, as somebody from the East Coast, I don't have to respect anybody's opinion west of like Philly. So I, your, your opinion <laughs> to me means absolutely nothing. Okay. Um, yeah, that John over there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Respect that opinion. But I, no, listen, the best tournament ever. The Big East tournament before they ruined it by Syracuse going to the ACC like a bunch of frauds. Um, but in any event, we can move on. It's just in the college basketball podcast. Look, we got a lot to, uh, there's a lot to get to because it's now, of course, super wild card weekend. And so we had six games. We all thought, I think, and I, when I say we all, I mean the entire world's population thought the Bills were just going to crush Miami. Didn't happen. They won, but uh, did not crush them. The Bengals needed a 98-yard scoop and score to beat Baltimore on what I will say pretty comfortably is one of the dumbest plays I've ever seen in my life. The Niners, yeah, they, they, they were in a game with Seattle for about two and a half quarters, and then they, they pulled away in a huge way. Um, and then, look, I think the Giants and the Vikings game went about the script. You know, you figured it would be a game that was back and forth. It was. Dallas hammered the Bucs. That was the only game I picked wrong all weekend. I thought I thought Tampa would, would find a way to, you know, because Dallas would find a way to lose. Didn't. Give the Cowboys all the credit in the world. They played great. But, uh, look, before we get into all the other games, 
Let's start with the Saturday night special in uh, Duval, where the Chargers took a 27-0 lead. And I can honestly say I never once considered turning the TV off because I was like, it's the Chargers. Anything's in play going forward. And as it turns out, anything was in play as they lost 31-30. to Now, right before we did this podcast, as we're recording it on Tuesday at noon Eastern, Joe Lombardi fired the offensive coordinator out for the Chargers. Brendan Staley staying. So uh, that's where we are with L.A. Your thoughts on, A, the, the collapse we witnessed, and now the coaching situation with the Chargers. I think both things went exactly to plan. This is what I thought was going to happen. A Chargers collapse and then Joe Lombardi being out. We've been saying all season long, why do they treat Justin Herbert like he's Matt Schaub? Yep. Why do they think he's Matt Moore? It makes no sense. Justin Herbert is one of the most talented quarterbacks, top seven, maybe top five talent-wise quarterbacks in the NFL. He has weapons. And when you brought up the stat, what was it, 107 checkdowns to Austin Eckler? 723 yards. Seven, yeah, it, it was absurd. Yep. It's checkdowns. They don't treat him like he's elite. They treat him like he's scared of throwing the ball past the sticks. It makes no sense. And that starts with the OC. That's Joe Lombardi. Brandon Staley, I think they have faith in. What I believe, in my opinion, the Chargers are scared of is Brandon Staley gets canned, becomes a great DC for three years, gets a second opportunity as a head coach, and crushes it. I could totally see that happening. I think Brandon Staley, as it currently sits, is in over his head, but he does do some things that I think the Chargers like and, and that he appeals to. I'm not saying he's a great coach now, but I think there's some makings of, hey, if we can get to this rough uh, this rough patch with Brandon Staley, he could be the guy for the future. You know what I think the Chargers are afraid of? Of cutting two checks. That's what I think the Chargers are afraid of, and that's why he's still the head coach, I think. Because Spanos doesn't want to pay the money. Look, they are the number two team in a market that doesn't even care about its number one team. Um, and for anybody who wants to argue that, I covered the Super Bowl last year. Let me tell you something. Nobody cared. Nobody. I could I could count on one hand the amount of Rams paraphernalia I saw people walking around in, in L.A. that week. Okay? I saw more Bengals fans in Los Angeles than I saw Rams fans. It's not an exaggeration. So you're the number two team in that market. You, if you're Spanos, okay, you just paid a massive relocation fee to move from San Diego to Los Angeles, okay? And by the way, that fee, $650 million, okay? That's what it cost them. Now, obviously, that does not just come down in one big chunk. That'll be over the course of time. But that's I don't care what it is. That's a lot of money. So they're paying that. They're in litigation right now with an in-family squabble with the sister, okay? So they're, they're paying that situation. They don't want to cut another check. And so that's, to me, a huge reason why Staley is still around. Now, I will say this. Lombardi is an atrocity of an offensive coordinator, and I have no problem with them firing him. They should have fired him. He is not the one who watched his defense give up 31 points in 31 minutes to the Jaguars. He's also not the one who played his starters in Week 18 and got Mike Williams hurt. He's also not the one who goes through these mind-numbing four downs. And then against Jacksonville, when they probably should have gone on fourth down in the fourth quarter, <laughs> he's like, no, we're going to kick. And Dicker, who's been great all year long, misses the field goal because, of course, he does. It's the Chargers. You get into this whole malaise with this team of, like, well, it's charging, it's charging. It's staleying. Like, 
This is a problem. It's not Stalian, though, because it's been going on before him. It's not a situation right. where you can just play. Right. I don't understand it. They've changed head coaches. They've changed quarterbacks. They've changed cities, and they still choke. They're doomed. Agree. But but my thing is, yes, yes, you're right, yes. But this team has nothing to do with Phillip Rivers' teams. Like, I know it's the same organization. I used to say it all the time, the Chiefs didn't win a playoff game for like 22 years. And people would live in this like, oh, God, it's Lynn Elliott. I'm like, no, no, no. Like, look. The Chiefs losing to the Colts for a 38 to 10 lead has nothing to do with Lynn Elliott. Like the Chiefs just it, it's a different team. I also would point to remember in week three, ironically, also against Jacksonville, the Chargers, Herbert was coming off getting hit in the ribs in Kansas City. They were down 38 to 10 in that game. And Staley's like, just keep throwing it. Just keep going. It's like, oh my God. Are you awake? Like, are you in a coma right now? Like, just yank your quarterback. And it, but they don't. They don't, by the way, postscript on Austin Eckler in the playoffs, two catches, eight yards. Um, so lowering that average just a little bit on the way out the door. <laughs> I think that they will get better offensively by firing Lombardi because I don't think they can be worse. I will also tell you, because Brendan Staley is a coach of that team, I don't want to hear one word about them in the offseason. I don't care. I don't care who they bring in. I don't care what they do offensively. That team situationally is going to be a wreck, game in and game out going forward. And for all these Film nerds were like, Staley's defense, you got to look at the scheme he plays. They never do shit in a big spot, ever. Every time that team's got to get a stop, they, they piss down their leg and watch the other team go 80 yards. So I give Jacksonville all the credit in the world for that comeback. In fact, yeah, we can move on after this, but do you look at that more as a great comeback by Jacksonville or a collapse by the Chargers? Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. I don't want to sit on the fence because that's lame to say both. But I I would say more so Jacksonville. I want to give Jacksonville more credit here. They neutralized Bosa the entire game, which I think was very impressive. They gouged at the Chargers on the ground and did not go away from the the run game in in situations that behooved them, right? When they would drop eight guys, what do they do? Give the ball to Travis Etienne. What do you do? Get 12 yards a pop on the ground. Smart play. Uh, I think Doug Peterson deserves a ton of credit for keeping his guys in it, saying, hey, even if we're not forcing turnovers, take it possession by possession and go from there. They didn't panic. He calmed down Trevor Lawrence. Christian Kirk had a great game. Evan Ingram was a matchup nightmare. Um, Defensively, they did everything they possibly could. Again, they didn't just sit there and go, you know what, we're going to have to force a turnover to get back in this. They played Jacksonville right. Jaguars football, and they said, if we have enough time, we'll make it work. They made it work. And by the way, that two-point conversion, 
just they're not stones. Peterson has boulders. I mean, come on. That's just an incredible play call. Um, and then the fourth and one to Travis Etienne, that play call going outside, him getting, what, 20 yards? It was just yeah. a phenomenal yeah. coaching display. And you can see Doug Peterson just outcoached Brandon Staley, Joe Lombardi, and everyone on the on the uh, Chargers sideline. Yeah. You know, I think it's – listen, anytime you have a game like that, it's always both. Like, it's always both. Because if the team that's winning doesn't just fall apart, they win the game. I mean, I don't care how good you are on the other side of it, but also to come all the way back, you got to play great. I'm with you. I credit Jacksonville more. Like, Jacksonville did everything it needed to do. But I will say this. You know, Lucas in the chat said the Chargers didn't turn the ball over and only missed one kick. It's not like they had a total meltdown like the Chiefs had in Denver, although I would point out the Chiefs actually found a way to win the game. But you're right. Um, but I would almost argue in some ways that almost makes it even worse. Like, you didn't give them short fields. You you didn't give them a pick six or a, or a kick return for a touchdown. Like, get off the field. Do something. Like, what, and then offensively, I went back and looked. In the second half of that game, they ran from from even if you want to go back to twenty seven nothing late in the second quarter, they ran the ball on a designed run. They had a scramble as well. They had seven design runs called in the second half of the game. I mean, you're playing the clock. You're up twenty seven points. Like, run the ball, get the ball out in space. Like, they just to me, they are so poorly coached. But look, let's move on because the Chargers <laughs> at this point aren't relevant again until September. Um, we'll get into the divisionals here in a second because there's a lot to get to. Bills game, Bengals game. Let's just kind of put them together here, okay? Because I think in a lot of ways they're almost the same game. Although I do, I will say this: I, I was not surprised the Ravens kept it close. I was shocked the Dolphins did. There's been a lot of talk coming out of this about how everybody should be concerned about Buffalo based on how they they played that game. Are you concerned about Buffalo, or do you feel like, look, they won, you move on, you move forward? I think you move on and you move forward. That seemed like a, a relatively normal game for Buffalo down the stretch, a game where their talent level just masks the mistakes that they make as far as turnovers as a team. Uh, if you live in Kansas City and if you are a Chiefs fan, you've seen this time and time again this season. The sure. Chiefs do this. Yep. A ton of turnovers in games, but the talent level is, is so much higher than the other team. They find a way to win. This game was reminiscent of the Denver Broncos. It was reminiscent of a lot of games for Kansas City this year. That's what the Bills did. They found a way to win when they turned the ball over and lost a turnover battle. Josh Allen needs to take care of the ball, but Buffalo fans have been saying that for how long now? Ever since the elbow injury. Um, You know, a scoop and score. It's not like Skylar Thompson really played great. He had a couple of moments that were nice, but if you look at the box score, was it 18 of 45, one touchdown, two interceptions. The Bills just kept turning the ball over. Um... It's weird to say, but since we've said it in Kansas City so much, if you take away the turnovers, which you can't do, the Bills played really good. I mean, they did. The Bills moved the ball when they wanted to. The defense was fine. They, they were given a ton of short field uh, to deal with, a lot of extra possessions to deal with. They did an okay job. Uh, we saw the loss of Von Miller. Tredavious White had a couple of plays that were nice to see from him. Um, but again, the Bills won, and that's what truly matters moving on in the playoffs. So I'm, I'm with you to an extent. First of all, obviously, yes. I mean, you move on in the playoffs, that's what counts. I'm not worried about the Bills based off of that game. I think that would be an overreaction. One thing I did see in that game, though, 
which has been a pattern for them, which is why it concerns me. There were guys on Miami all game long who were wide open, like wide open. You talked about Thompson's numbers, and you're right. I mean, he was not good. He would have literally had, I went back and watched, about 125 to 150 extra yards if they would have caught like four balls they dropped right in their hands. And not like balls like the Bills are contesting, and it was like, hey, you know, yeah, it hit him in the hands. Like balls that 99 times, I won't say nine out of 10 times, you just catch the ball. Like Waddle had two brutal drops because Sicky had a drop right in his hands on a ball down the seam. This is the same Bills team that kind of got lit up by Mac Jones. It, it, it kind of carved them up. And the Bills were struggling to get pressure on Thompson if they didn't blitz him. All that to me is it, it is now getting to a point of, of concern. Like you're starting to get to since Von Miller's been out, they have not been the same defense. They're not getting the same pass rush, which is in turn exposed in the secondary. I'm not sitting here trying to say I don't think the Bills are a Super Bowl caliber team. I think they absolutely can win the Super Bowl. What I am saying is there are warts on that team that are getting more glaring by the day. Like, I feel like the Bengals are getting better. The Chiefs are getting better. The Bills are not getting better. I don't think there's any argument that the Bills are getting better. The Chiefs really weren't getting better until about the last three games of the season when all of a sudden, like, they started to play their best football. Um, although, even, even to be fair, that game against Denver at home was – a little bit of a of a, a fright fest. Um, I think the Bills will play better this week. They're going to have to if they don't look get killed. But I, I, there are things. The other thing that concerns me about them that I think is I think even most Bills fans would tell you this. In fact, some did tell me this. There's got to be more of a game plan than just a hundred deep balls a game and like hope for the best. I think Allen throws the best deep ball in football. It's still a low percentage play. Like it cannot just be you're gonna take a five, seven step drop and just wail it down the field on a YOLO ball and just hope for the best. Like throw the ball seven or eight yards sometimes. Run the ball with Devin Singletary. The Bills feel very much right now, and I want to give credit. Colin Cowherd says this all the time about him. And I listen, sometimes I, I agree with Cowherd, sometimes I don't, but I think he's spot on with this. They're like the, one of those big-time heavyweight prize fighters who has a huge hook. But, like, if they can't land that hook, there's no body game to go to. It's very much like it's got to be the haymaker or nothing with Buffalo. Either they can knock you out with a couple of huge shots or or they're out on their feet. Like there's And, like, and they'll open themselves up when they shouldn't. And they may – where I will say this, and we're going to get to the game, Cincinnati – Cincinnati doesn't really do that. Cincinnati's much more controlled in the way they play. Um, the Bengals aren't perfect. We saw that Sunday night. But I feel like they're more buttoned up right now than Buffalo. Buffalo feels like it's a lot more of the seat of the pants operation. Yeah, I, I think you're, you're in Colin Coward's description of Buffalo's a very good one. Um, we've seen it with Gabriel Davis. We've seen it with Stephon Diggs. It's what Josh Allen does. The one to Diggs was incredible. And then the one that was picked off by Xavier Howard was obviously it going wrong. With the Bengals, they do do a little bit more. They do have those three wide receivers. Hayden Hurst is a very solid tight end. While Hayden Hurst is no, no, he's not elite, but he's a very good tight end. Um, Joe Mixon, they have a ground game. With the Bengals, the thing that scares me with them there's no offensive line. Their offensive line is horrendous. It's starting to get as bad as the Chiefs 
in the Super Bowl against the Buccaneers. That's kind of the comparison that's getting thrown together now because the Bengals could not block anyone once their guard went out. They were already missing their tackle. I mean, they were getting uh, well, they lost off tackle Williams. Yeah, that, they, they were just uh, Jonah Williams. Yeah, yeah, they were just getting ripped by the Ravens. Um, if you're a Bengals fan, that has to be scary because that is not a good operation. I know Joe Burrow can get the ball out quick, right? They don't have to throw deep balls like we're talking about with Buffalo, but still. It's tough to move the ball consistently when people are getting pressure against you with only four guys. Yep, it's true. Look, to me, you know, the Bengals, their offensive line is obviously their biggest issue right now. Um, there's a good chance they're playing with about 60% of their offensive line for the next week or two. But, you know, otherwise, I think they're clicking on all cylinders. Now, against Baltimore, I'm not surprised that game became what it became. It's a, it's a divisional game. The Ravens. I think you're well coached until the last two minutes of that game where they treated it like they were winning by a touchdown. I don't know what was happening. Um, the Ravens would have won that game, I think, if Tyler Huntley just sneaks the ball like a normal person. Like I, I'm not sure what was happening there. So I looked it up. He's 6-1. Trevor Lawrence is 6-6. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence did it from the one-yard line. Tyler Huntley did it from the two. I don't know if Tyler Huntley thought it was going to be like it was going to be the same thing because he saw Trevor Lawrence and go, "Oh, I can do it too." I don't know if that went through his head, but even John Harbaugh post game, I don't know if you heard it. Harbaugh came out and basically said, "That's not the play. The guys are behind him to push him in, and that was a Tyler Huntley decision." I mean, that was brutal. That was brutal. But look, the Bengals and the Bills, they both advanced. The NFC side, I don't know that we have to get too deep into the weeds here on recapping. The, the AFC was so nuts, I felt like we had to. The NFC, was, I mean, the Niners did what the Niners did, right? They, they handled Seattle. No surprise there. I get, you know, quickly on Dallas, like, I don't know. I mean, I, I was I was very impressed. They played great. Um, the Buccaneers were just a mess. They were a mess all season long. They were a mess in that game. Like I guess the only game I picked wrong, and I deserved to have picked it wrong, because you know what? I said, ah, you know, they'll, they'll, it, it's Brady, it's a playoff game. No. Like, within two drives, you're like, yeah, this game is not happening. Um, they're home. And, frankly, I, in a way, it'd be, it'd be blunt. I'm glad they're home because the Niners and the Cowboys, that's a really fun game. The Niners and the Bucks would have been a killing. So, it'll be interesting to watch that. And then, look, Giants and Vikings. Um, Daniel Jones, like, coming of age in that game? It was unbelievable. The Vikings can't stop anybody. And then Kirk Cousins on fourth and eight just checks down for three in the most Kirk Cousins moment in NFL history. Did any of that really surprise you in the NFC side? Um, not a ton. The Vikings a little bit. But again, it wasn't Kirk Cousins to the Vikings at noon, so we should have known better. Uh, they yes. were 11-0 and in one-score games heading into this one. They're now 11-1. and That's the playoffs for you. The Niners, no, they took care of business. Cowboys was slightly surprising. Early on in that game, I thought it was going to be a, a 10-7 game, a game where Tom Brady somehow moves on while only scoring 10 points. But the Cowboys put it together. Obviously, the Buccaneers could not. If you are a Cowboys fan, I think you have to be at least a little enthused that you got the jitters out of the way early, right? Dak Prescott and that offense, they looked nervous early. CeeDee Lamb looked nervous early in the playoffs, right? I think – you're almost grateful you get some of those early postseason nerves out of the way now. Same thing with uh, the Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence looked like he did not want to be out there. To an extent, you almost want that and still win because now you don't expect it to happen and carry over because you know why? You've already shown yourself 
you can you can win in this moment. You, you've been here now. You can do it. So I think those are two impactful things. I do want to touch on, though, Brett Maher. What's going to happen there? Four Whoa. missed extra points. He's uh, a good all year, too. Like, I don't know what the hell happened that game. Like, God, he couldn't hit anything. He couldn't hit anything. I mean, it was a Chuck Knobloch yips. I mean, that dude shanked one. Uh, it wasn't even close. I mean, that one just snapped straight left. It looked like my golf swing. Uh, I don't know what was going on. Do you think he stays there next week? Do they bring in a kicker? I know Jerry Jones said he's been great all season. He's our guy. What do you think? Yeah, I think he's going to be there. He's been, he has been great all season. So I, I think it's just one of those things you kind of got to ride with him. But, man, I got to tell you, you have to have it in the back of your mind. Like that, He misses his first one next week. You've probably got to start thinking about, like, do we have a lot of two – point plays in the in the book here because we're going to need them. Um, but yeah, I think he'll be there. But for me, Dallas, that was a big monkey off the back, man. Like, yeah. if they lose that game, McCarthy, is he back? I don't know. I wrote in my column on, on Monday, like, this is a defining game for Dak in a lot of ways. You're 1-3 in the playoffs. You're, you're a favorite. You're supposed to win this game. And they did. They went out and he played, he played great, uh, especially the last three quarters. So, I think it's a really freeing game for them. They got now going to San Francisco with a ton of confidence and not a lot of pressure. You know, that that's a dangerous combination. Um, look, let's get into these games. So let's get into the divisional round. Um, which of the four games are you most excited about this weekend? Mm, well, I'm going to go Bills Bengals. I, I think Bills Bengals is the most exciting one. Those seem to be two of the three Best teams in the AFC with the Chiefs, obviously, in there as well. I think the Chiefs take care of the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jags are fun. They're exciting. The Doug Peterson connection, I'm sure we'll touch on it more. But the Jags, in my opinion, are still a year away. They're still a year away uh, from I, I making agree. tons of noise. And so the Bills-Bengals, I'm very intrigued about. Can, can the Bengals' offensive line hold up? Can the Bills' defense, which has struggled ever since Von Miller went down, get pressure? against a banged-up team. Um, I'm very excited to see this one. The, the, the Bills' secondary has obviously not been the same secondary it was in the past seasons. Does Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, Hayden Hurst, uh, do they go off? T. Higgins, it'll be fun to watch. This is the game I'm looking forward to. Yeah, man, look, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm with you. I'll, I'll, I'll talk about a different game for the, for the sake of the show, but I agree with you. It's the game I'm most excited about, too. I think, I think most people are. Um, I will say both of the NFC games intrigue me. Like, of the four games, and we'll break it down more, um, I think there's one game that I really just can't see going the other way. But in the NFC, I think the Niners are better than Dallas. But the Cowboys are good enough that it wouldn't be shocking if they went there and won the game. Like, it wouldn't be... Like, oh, my God, how did Dallas win? And I'll say this. Dallas is a great defensive front. I want to see what happens if somebody starts speeding up Purdy a little bit. Like, then what happens? Because Seattle couldn't get any pressure, but on the occasions that they did, Purdy was running out of the back of the pocket. He was all over the place. He was he was very scattershot. If I'm a D coordinator watching that, I'm thinking about, okay, what am I going to do to speed that kid up? And I'll say this about Dan Quinn. He's not a great head coach. He is a great coordinator. They are going to do things in that game that that kid has never seen before. So I'm very curious to see how that looks. The Eagles-Giants game, 
the big question for me is with Philadelphia, how healthy are they? I mean, is, is Lane Johnson healthy? Is Chauncey Gardner-Johnson healthy? Is Jalen Hurts healthy? And in addition to that, in addition to that, here's a fun little stat. It's just a, it is just a fun little stat. You know, sometimes people make this stuff out like it's gospel. Daniel Jones this year has, in seven games, including this past weekend, rushed the ball at least 10 times. In those seven games, the Giants are 6-0-1. I am curious to see if that's a part of this game plan intentionally. A little, little bit of RPO with, with Barkley, run the ball. Get that up. Barkley's going to be fresh as a daisy. He only ran the ball nine times against Minnesota. Ran 53 yards. Philadelphia is not good against the run, as uh, Mighty uh, points out here. They're not good against the run. I wonder if you are the Giants. Do you just go into that game and say, here it comes. We're going to line up and try to run it right down your throat. Now, it's hard to do that if you're giving up a lot of points on the other side. The Giants have to be able to handle it. But Kayvon Thibodeau is a player. And Dexter Lawrence, if you don't know the name, get to know the name. That kid, he can play inside. For my money, other than Chris Jones, he's the best D tackle in the NFL this year. Him, Deron Payne, okay, awesome. I think the Giants are going to be in that game. Like, I don't know that I'd pick the Giants, but I think the Giants are going to be in the game, and I think it's possible that they win the game. Yeah. I'm not as bullish on the Giants as you are. Uh, I think what we saw was best case scenario last week for them. They went off against a relatively poor Vikings team. Daniel Jones had the game of his life. Uh, I think it's a fun story. I think they're well coached. I love Brian Dayball. He he might win coach of the year. He yep. has a decent opportunity, but Nick Sirianni has done a great job. Jalen Hurts getting back. A uh, week off to get more healthy is huge for the Eagles. Can they stop A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard, uh, even Miles Sanders on the ground? I like the Eagles in that game. The Cowboys-Niners is in, is intriguing in the sense that the Cowboys get out early. Can Brock Purdy, can he, can he get them back in the game? Can they throw right. the ball? That's the question I have because when, when they play in control, they are one of the most dangerous teams, if not the most dangerous team in the NFL. They can run the ball very effectively any which way. But if they're from behind, what's going to happen? That's intriguing because the Cowboys can score quick. Um, I want to ask you a question. We saw in the chat right there, any chance the Jaguars are like last year's Bengals? Because I know everyone wants to find that team, the young team, the unproven team, right. the exciting team, and the Bengals are obviously that comp. Do you think there's any comparison there? I mean, listen. You'd be a fool to sit there and say Jacksonville has no shot. Um, I don't think it's the same thing in this regard. The Bengals had, even last year, one thing you knew about the Bengals, which you knew then as well as you know now, the Bengals had incredible weapons. Like everybody knew Jamar Chase was great. Everybody knew T. Higgins could play. Everybody knows about Tyler Boyd and Joe Mixon, right? Like every, you know, even, even CJ Uzama last year, a quality tight end. Like you knew, you knew they had those pieces. With Jacksonville, I think you just kind of know like they're a little bit short in those areas. Christian Kirk's had a really good year. Zay Jones does credit. I mean, 82 receptions, but like they don't have Jamar Chase. They don't even have T. Higgins. Like they don't have that guy who you're like, that MFR in a big spot is just a bear to deal with. And while I like Trevor Lawrence, he's not Joe Burrow. Like he's he's very talented, but I don't think he's Burrow. I, I don't believe that. 
Um, I think Jacksonville, as you said earlier, Stone, I think you're right on. I think they're a year ahead. Like they're just, they're, I, I don't think a, a, a fluke or a fraud. I think they're going to be back. I think they're going to be back in the playoffs. I think they're going to be better. Um, I will say this. Here's the one reason I think Jacksonville is dangerous in this game. For Jacksonville, their season is already a success. They can lose this game by 100 points, and they had a great year. Nobody would deny that. That allows you to play in a way that the Chiefs cannot. The Jags can go in there, and, and they can do any kind of play, an onside kick. Like, who's going to blame them? Who's going who's gonna to get on them about it, right? Like, the Chiefs are not going to play like that. Now, the reason being, the Chiefs are, let's be real, the Chiefs are the better team, so they don't have to play like that. But it's freeing, in a sense, to be able to play that way if you are Jacksonville. So I think that's the one advantage they have. I'm going to be blunt. I think it's about the only advantage they have in this game. I just think they're outgunned. Whereas against the Chargers, I picked Jacksonville. I thought even though, yeah, the Chargers are probably more talented, the Chargers do so many things that just beat themselves. The Chiefs do turn the ball over. I'll say that. But I just think th- this would be a game for Jacksonville. I think they're a little bit ahead of schedule. It's been a great year. I think they will play competitively in the game. I have a hard time seeing them winning the game. Yeah. I, again, the Chiefs and Jags played once this year already. Obviously, the Jags are playing much better football than then. The Chiefs are as well. But the Jags especially, they got an onside kick. They pulled a little bit of everything out, and they still lost by double digits, Right. It's it's just they're not quite there. Although again, like you mentioned, we'll probably see an onside kick again. We'll probably yep. see them go for a lot of fourth and fourth and ones, fourth and two, even on their own forty. They'll be very aggressive. Maybe see a couple two point conversions. Doug Peterson obviously knows the Chiefs organization very well. It wasn't there with Mahomes, obviously, but he still right. knows Andy Reid, knows the organization, knows a few things how they operate. That does give them at least something to go off of. But yeah, the Chiefs are just much more talented. And, it, uh, and if quickly, if you're Peterson, I think if you're, you're realistic with yourself, you're probably going to have to get into the 30s to win this game. I mean, the Chiefs had 27 points in the first matchup. They had almost 500 yards. I think 487, I think was the number. They had three turnovers. Like, the, the Chiefs had three turnovers. And before garbage time touchdown, we're beating them 27 to 10. Like, if you're Peterson, you've got to be thinking to yourself, we got to get into the mid-30s. Now, any shot to win this game, we, however we have to do that, and that probably means steal a possession, go for it on any fourth and short, fourth and medium situation where, where it, it makes any reasonable sense. Because if you're punting on four, fourth and three at your own 45, like you're going home. They're going to walk the ball down the field on you. And I think Peterson knows that. Do you think there's any chance that we see Steve Spagnola going up against a younger quarterback in Trevor Lawrence and try and confuse him and send tons of blitzes, whether that's with uh, Justin Reed, like we saw against Stidham and the Raiders? Right. Obviously, this team is much uh, better coached. They're a better quarterback, better team than the Raiders. But again, the young factor, do you think we'll see some of that? Or do you, do you think that Spags will play a little bit less aggressive because Trevor Lawrence is still that talented? I, I think I don't think they're going to blitz a lot, but not because of that reason, although Lawrence is talented. I, I think it's going to be because the Jags get the ball out very quickly. I think the Chiefs, as much as I hate zone defense, I think it's actually the right decision in this game. 
I think they're going to play a ton of shallow zone and they're going to try to punish the hell out of these receivers underneath and just say, look, you want to complete the ball for five yards? We don't care. Like, I, I think that's going to be the game plan. It's going to be try to slow down ETN, try to punish underneath. That's the other thing in this game. The teams that beat the Chiefs typically, there's two things. They can get after the quarterback with four, and they can get you on chunk yardage. Jacksonville really does neither of those things. They're not a, they're not a great team up front defensively. I mean, Josh Allen leaves them with six sacks. And they're not a chunk play team. It's very much an underneath type of team. So, listen, we'll see how it plays out. I'm not sleeping on Jacksonville. I just think this is probably, of the four games, this is probably the game where you're asking the most of the underdog to go in there. And it's very hard when you have that kind of emotion. Come like, like That game against the Chargers is such a wild, emotional game. It's very hard sometimes to rev it back up to that same level a week later. Those things can be draining. Uh, it, I've had a lot of people in the NFL say it to me over the years about games like that, and I believe that to be true. Well, you see it a lot in basketball, too. A team's down 20. They fight all the, way, all the way back. They tie it up, get down two, and then what happens? They're out of gas. They're out of steam. They've used it all. All the reserves are gone. We might see a little bit of that in this one. Uh, let's look into the future. We're speaking of underdogs. Which underdog has the best chance of an upset this weekend? I mean, I think you have to say Cincinnati, just based off the fact they're the best of the four teams, right? I mean, I don't even know that that they qualify as an underdog. I mean, they do. They're a five-point dog, which I got to tell you, I think is crazy to me. Yeah, how shocking are they getting five points? It's shocking. I don't understand it. I mean, I'm not saying they should be favored, but like five points? Uh if you want to take them out of the equation, I would say that I think – God, I, I mean, I, I think obviously I'm between the two NFC side, uh, sides. Uh, I would say Dallas. I'd say Dallas is the better shot. But I, I give the Bengals I, – I think all three underdogs have a shot. Jacksonville is the one that – I got to be honest. I'd be really surprised. The other three I think all have shots. I think the Giants of the three are the lesser. So give me the give me the – Cowboys, the NFC, the Bengals, and the AFC. Yeah, I would take Bengals. I, I, I am shocked. Um, it's not a, a pick em game, but since we're doing underdogs, I would for sure take the Bengals. I do think the Cowboys, again, if they got to an early lead, which is a tough ask. I mean, 49ers are a very yeah. salty team. But if the Cowboys get out to a lead, I think they can win that game. Tony Pollard is an absolute beast on the ground. Uh, you notice I said Tony Pollard, not Zeke. Zeke's good. On the goal line. I'll give him that. He still has a little of that left in him. But Tony Pollard for the past, what, two years, maybe three, has outplayed Ezekiel Elliott. And folks are finally waking up to seeing how much better and explosive Tony Pollard is. The Cowboys have the ability to shorten the game if they get up. Uh, As far as the other ones, yeah, I I don't see the Jags. I don't see the the Giants. Um, Are you shocked, by the way, that the Bengals and Bills – or not at a neutral site. Did that surprise you at all? Because it feels like that should be. No, because they played the same amount of games and the Bills won one more game. I mean, I, I, I understand the whole like, well, the game got canceled. Yeah, but the game got canceled. It, it did get canceled. It's a bad break for Cincinnati. I gotta tell you though, to me, I don't think it's gonna matter. I, I really like it not not that Buffalo is not a great home field, because it is. But it's like it's not like the 
to Bengals or some warm weather dome team or something. Like I like look, they're gonna go up there. And and by the way, they're probably gonna have some fans there. I mean, Cincinnati's not that far from Buffalo. Just like if, if the Bills lose the game and the Bengals come to Arrowhead, I'm sure it'd be some Bengals fans at the game. Now that said, listen, you'd rather have it at home. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I don't think that's gonna be the determining factor. I think the determining factor in that game is gonna be can the Bills get pressure on Burrow against that beleaguered offensive line. If they can, they win. Uh, if they can't, I think they're going to lose. Like to me, I I think the biggest problem for Buffalo is if they can't get home, their pass defense has just not been the same. It has not been the same this year as the game as the year has gone on. Um, look, I, I think for the Bills, it is always nice to be at home and and uh, buy stocks. I appreciate the, uh, the the username that is also telling me to go out and hopefully make money. Um, the Bills are eleven and one at home in the playoffs. Listen, don't get me wrong. It's a great home field advantage. I'm just saying that because the Bengals play in very similar way, like I don't think it's going to be a huge deal. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the Bills crowd noise makes a huge difference. Um, and by the way, for the record, I feel the same way about if the Bengals play at Arrowhead. I don't think it matters that much. Like I don't think it's that big of a deal. You know, does it give you a little extra emotion? Sure, but I don't think it's going to like sway the game one way or the other. Uh, let's look into the future. Number two, rank your confidence in the favorites to win this weekend. All right. So starting from one, one being the most four being the least, I mean, I, I think we've talked about it. Kansas city for me would be the one. I, I think they're the best team. And I, and I think they're playing the team that probably at least in the AFC is certainly the fourth best team. I, you don't want to argue them or the giants were okay, fine. But the, the Chiefs, Chiefs would be one. The Eagles would be two. Uh, Niners three, Bills four. I will tell you, there's not a massive gap between two and four. There's a pretty significant gap for me between one and two. I think one and two for me. They're they're over here, and then three and four are down here. Three and four. I'm I'm expecting the uh, not the Giants. I'm expecting the Niners and Cowboys to be very very close, and I'm expecting Bills Bengals to come down to the wire. Chiefs, Jags. I don't. Eagles, Giants. I don't. I can't get there. I know. I know you're all in on Danny Dimes. I can't get there. I'm not all in. I I'm in on Dable, who I think is going to have a good plan for that game, and I'm in on a Giants defense that is very well coached and has guys up front who can change the game. Yeah. I'm also in on the fact that I don't think Philadelphia is healthy. Sure. And I'm additionally in on the fact that these divisional games have a tendency. They're close. They're weird. Um. I think Daniel Jones is much improved. I don't know that I think he's a franchise quarterback, but he's much improved. You, you don't think he's elite like Saquon Barkley said after that game? No, no, I do not. <laughs> I do not. But I, I saw somebody the other day who was like reputable, a national person. Like he's a top 10 guy now. I'm like, what? <laughs> what happened? It's like that Joe Flacco conversation when he won the Super Bowl and everyone's like, yes. is Joe Flacco elite? And he's like, no, he just had a really good team around him. Come on. Yeah. I will, say this. I will give Jones credit for one thing. He was always a turnover machine, and he's not now. That I will give him a lot of credit. Like, he was always a guy who you're like, he's good for a pick. He's good for a fumble. He stopped doing that. Like, Dable, Dable really, that is one, I don't want to say underrated, but maybe a little bit underplayed storyline this year. Dable got Allen to stop doing a lot of that stuff when he was there. And then he left, and he took over Daniel Jones, and he got him to stop making a lot of those, those negative plays. And Allen, as the year has gone on, has increasingly made more and more of those plays. I mean, look, one of the picks wasn't his fault last weekend against Miami. Beasley hit him right in the hands. 
Yeah. Um, I tell you what, if that was some anti-vaccine, for you would have caught it. Uh, but it, but uh, it, the, the joke was right there. It had to be said. Um, I, I've, I've been waiting. <laughs> okay, Tyreek Hill. It had to be said. <laughs> I, I've been waiting for two days to make that joke. It, it, sorry, it had to be done. Um, don't scream at me in the comments. Um, but the other ball, it's like one of those. It's like, why are you throwing that ball to John Brown? Like, what is happening? It's not even a digger to Davis. Like, just and then like the even like the scoop and score. Like, I'm not gonna blame him. Like, a guy came free. But he saw the guy coming. It's like, just go down with the ball. Like, he's got to fight the guy to the death while he's got a ball in one hand. Like, that's the kind of stuff. It's like, bro, my God. Like, just go down. You're playing Skylar Thompson. Like, just (laughs) take the sack. They're a terrible defense. You'll make it up on the next play. Like, that is the one thing with him. And listen, I I love Josh. I think he's a top three quarterback in the NFL. But that is – Mahomes had to learn that the hard way the first half of last year when teams started playing them differently and Mahomes kept trying to force the ball in. He had a lot of picks early. So Allen may very well be going through that same process. But there's a time and a place. And Mahomes, to his credit this year, has been much better about, like, I'll take the ball underneath. I'll throw. I mean, look at McKinnon. It turned him into Marshall Falk this year. Like, the Bills haven't learned to do that yet, and they very well may. But there's there's just times where like my God like just throw the ball to bounds like it's it's fine don't you know that that is uh, always interesting with Buffalo. Yeah, uh, Jack Harris in the comments has a really good point here. Considering how few weapons Daniel Jones has, it's very impressive what he's done. I'm with very you. True. Uh, Richie James is becoming a viable option for the Giants. Uh, frankly, thank you, Richie James, for helping me make it to the fantasy football uh, finals. It was Richie James, baby. Ha- yeah, who, who would that believe game. that? Hodgins looked like Jerry Rice on on Sunday. I mean, it's not Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. It's Hodgins, Richie James, Darius Slayton, right? Who's fine. Slayton's fine. Dude, I I very rarely feel bad for professional players. Like, it's your job. When he dropped that ball on third down at the end of the game, he, like, very rarely do you see a guy, like, genuinely distraught. I I'm like, if they ever lose this game, this guy's going to be inconsolable. Like, he was so devastated. And uh, it, you you could tell his teammates like him, and even Dable likes him. Like, they were really trying to kind of, like, give him some love. Like, hey, man, it's okay. He was devastated. Like, if they, I, ought to be, I actually, for him, was happy they won because, like, if they ever lose this game, <laughs> oh, my God, this poor guy. But, uh, obviously, the Giants held on. Despite, by the way, one of the dumbest roughing the call, passer calls. I mean, the NFL's got to stop with this shit. It's got to stop. Can we just use common sense? Like, enough of this. Like, well, he glanced his helmet, and did he land on him? I mean, come the fuck on with this. Look, did he rough him or did he not? Like, do we need do we need to have, like, the Zapruder film on every single call? Did he – it's the same thing with the catch rule drives me crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, did he survive the ground? And then additionally, did he accept it into his life with, with Jesus Christ? Like, <laughs> my God, did he catch the damn ball or did he – like, it's common sense. It drives me nuts. You know, it's like the play at the end of the game in Buffalo with Waddle when he actually did catch the ball. Yeah. And then he went out of bounds. And like eight seconds after he went out of bounds, the ball came loose. And people yeah. were just screaming like – it's incomplete. I'm like, he rolled over twice. <laughs> like, he caught the ball. What are we doing? Like, this is insanity. The NFL's got to get this crap straightened out. It really does. And the roughing the passer thing is even easier. Like, my God, yeah. did he flagrantly try to hurt the guy or did he not? 
The Giants thankfully ended up not paying for that. That was a brutal call. And it, it, it went against them, but it didn't cost them the game. Every sport has that, and I hate the the catch rule. Des Bryant caught it. I will die on that hill. You know what a catch is. catch it. Yes. You know what it is. It's a catch. If you slow it down, everything looks like, well, look at it. It's a micro centimeter yeah. away from his arm. Same thing in baseball when you slide off second base. That always pisses me off. And then even in college basketball, the charge real pisses me off more than anything. Every sport has their own issue. I, I thoroughly enjoy in baseball what it used to be where – a guy could legitimately go about eight feet off the bag to break up a double play. <laughs> and there's no consequence whatsoever. Like Albert Bell. Oh, yeah. Him, <laughs> yeah, with Vina, just killing him. And but yeah, that's all right. You know, like I I also am a big fan. Of, like, look, the neighborhood play was fine. It was fine. Like, it kept the second baseman or the shortstop safe. Like, who cares? What are we doing? Like, it's, it's a spirit of the game. It's not like, was there anybody really clamoring? Like, oh, my God, he's, he's six inches off the bat. Like, yeah, bro, the ball beat him by 15 feet. He's out. Okay? <laughs> it's We don't need to – it's, by the way, I miss the home plate collisions. Like, I, I do miss that. And now it's like, well, you know, he's got he's to allow for a lane. Why? Like, <laughs> it's – just my – God, listen, you can make a business decision as a catcher if you'd like to. You don't have to. Get in there and play the game. Look, we have the problem with technology. You know, I'm a big tech guy. Like, I'm all for it in a lot of ways. But we, as you point out, you get down that road a little bit too far. Lucas makes a great point in hockey. I don't know how many hockey fans we have in here. I know, Sonia, you're a huge hockey fan. We, the, the, goaltender, the goaltender interference reviews – I, I drink bleach every time we have to go to one of those. It is just like, all right, let's take a look, Bob. What do you think? And it's like the guy's skate blade maybe comes within five inches of the goaltender eight seconds before the shot is taken. They're like, oh, my God. I don't know if he had a chance to make that save. You're like, nothing even happened. The guy's <laughs> fine. But then the NHL, conversely, a guy can run the goaltender and hit him 100 miles an hour like a freight train, and it's like, eh, I don't know. He might have been pushed in a little bit. And you're like, <laughs> my God, that goaltender's in the third row. And they're like, ah, it's all right, play it. Like the NHL, there's no consistency. Nobody knows what the hell goaltender interference is. It's their version of the catch rule. Like you have no idea what's happening. Guy gets run over like a truck, and the, the net's empty, and somebody lays it in the net they're like, Nah, he had a chance. Meanwhile, the guy's out for a month. And then, you know, another play, the guy's like ass touches the goaltender's shoulder when he's backed up to the crease. They're like, the goaltender has every chance in the world to make the save. I'm like, no, no, it, he, he couldn't see. He was blinded. He, he turned into Stevie Wonder in the net. You're like, I, the NHL, oh, God, oh my, that shit drives me insane. Just officiate the game like a person. It's all we need. It really is. All right, what the, and what that's the roughing that? the passer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's get into uh, into the future. Number three, will Sean Payton take one of the head coaching jobs this year? I don't think he's going to. I don't think he's going to. So the Chargers' job and the Cowboys' job; those are the two we're all like throughout the year. Like, all right, maybe, maybe, maybe. no, that's not going to happen. If you're him, you're making a bunch of money at Fox. You're living your life down in SoCal, like. You want to go take the Texans job? 
Is that really what you want to do with your life? You want to go down there and, and, and take that job? I mean, look, not a great division. Top pick. A lot of money in cash. You know, and, and, and no income tax and taxes. Like, I get it. That is a horribly run franchise. Like, you really lining up for that? Denver. Are you really lining up to go play in that division with Reed and Mahomes? And to be fair, the Chargers are competent. You know, they'll win their 9, 10 games. I shouldn't, actually, they're not competent. But they, they're talented. You want to go there and really bet on Russell Wilson? Like, do you really want to do that? Do you really want to go bet on them? Yeah. One point. word. One word. Money. Sure. The Broncos would throw an Tons obscene amount of money at Sean Payton. He'd become the highest paid head coach in the NFL. I would have zero doubt about that. Uh, uh, no, no doubt. Agree with you. But my point is, you're getting paid a bunch of money at Fox. Like, it's not like he's not getting a paycheck. And by the way, the Saints also paying him. So, like, there's a part of me that's like, I get the money angle. But, like, he's getting paid. Fox and the Saints are paying him. So, why would you why would you go to Denver, who then, by the way, also has to trade picks to acquire you? That is not – like the biggest overblown story last year is that Denver somehow has this great roster. Denver has two pro bowlers. They have Simmons and Sertan. The rest of that roster is not good. So to me, I don't know, man. Like, and then the Cardinals are the other job. But like, give me a break. You're going to take yeah. the Cardinals <laughs> job with Bidwell. He's going to he's going to write you a check in, in pennies. Hey, what about I, Indy? You got Indy, baby. Enjoy that. <laughs> I look forward to the Jeff Saturday's coming back press conference. Um, man, I just I don't think he's going to take. The, do you? Do you think he's going to take one of these jobs? No, no, I don't. And I think part yeah. of it actually is the the draft compensation. It's going to be very difficult on Hard. both sides. Not even if you want Sean Payton. If Sean Payton wants you, then you have to figure out the compensation to the Saints. Now Sean Payton say, well, now I don't have a first-round draft pick. Uh, it, it's going to be a interesting combination. I just don't think he actually goes for a job this year. I just don't see it happening. Yeah, by the way, uh, as, as Lucas points out for the uh, the Chiefs listeners, I know we have some, and if you're not a Chiefs listener, well, it's still pertinent to the playoffs. Uh, so Clyde Edwards-Alaire will practice today, as will Jody Fortson. So they are both on IR, but they're practicing. Um, so perhaps uh, the window opening for them, we'll see either for this week or down the road. McCall Hardman is not practicing, uh, as his uh, pelvic injury is still bothering him. I, I, will, be, uh, I will be this guy. Listen. Um, I'm not knocking him by any any stretch. I mean, Hardman's worked his way to get back. It's just not it's not going well for him. I don't know that it matters for the Chiefs. I I just like somebody asked me the other day. I think it was on a, a super follower chat. Like, can you rank their weapons? And I had them like seventh. I mean, if Tony's there and Juju's there and MVS is there and Kelsey's there, like Hardman's seeing how many plays. Like you can just give Sky Moore a handful of those plays. It's fine. I don't. I don't think it's that big of a of an imposition. Um, do you disagree, or you feel the same way? I, I feel the same way. I think he adds something. I, I do, but I don't think it's a, a situation where if you have to have McCall Harmon to beat the Jaguars, th- that multitude of things had to go wrong. McCall Hartman is an asset, but again, I don't think he's going to be the difference maker in a game against the Jaguars. Uh, I have a question for you though. Yep. And, and Bumpa BB actually asked it in the chat. What happened? Like, what is going on with Hardman? They've been very vague in regards to his actual injury. Uh, I know when he ori- uh, originally went on the IR, it was uh, stomach. 
abdomen, yeah. Abdomen, and now it's pelvic. What's going on? Do you have any insight here? Um, I I can tell you this. I mean, from what I I do have an insight on this. What I can tell you is they are frustrated by this, and not with Hardman. I want to be clear. Like they're not frustrated with him. They don't feel like they're sandbagging it. But like they thought he'd be back. Like they thought he'd be back in early January, like mm. week seventeen. They they even were very reluctant to put him on IR to begin with. They yeah. thought when he got hurt, he'd be out for like two weeks. So this has been something that's gone on and on and on. I mean, it's just – you wonder – I don't want to say misdiagnosed, but is there maybe something they're missing? Did something else happen? Because originally, you're right, it was an abdomen thing. Now they're talking about like it's a little bit more pelvic. I mean, I, I think the injury is just more serious than the Chiefs initially believed it was. In fact, I know it was. I, I know yeah. it's a much more serious injury than the Chiefs thought it was. Um you know, tough at this point to see him even coming back at this point. I don't, I don't know that you will. But again, like if you're the Chiefs, if you're looking at your receiver's depth chart, he's not Juju, he's not MVS, he's not Tony. Uh, look, it, this kind of drives me nuts along with a lot of our Chiefs fans. They like Justin Watson more. I mean, they just yeah. do. Justin Watson plays all the time. He's maybe the, he's number five. And I, I can make a case that Sky Moore has been more reliable as a pure receiver this year. So, I don't think it really makes that much of a difference. I hope the best for Hardman, but I don't think for the Chiefs it's it's a real big deal. Just like, quite honestly, I don't think CEH practicing is really a big deal for them either. Like, yeah. At best, he becomes a third it, running back. He's not yeah. getting carries. He's not getting snaps. It's going to be Jarek McKinnon who's been thriving. And then it's going to be Isaiah Pacheco on the ground. Right. I don't think it's going to make a huge dent in what they're trying to do here. It's an insurance policy. Um into the future at number four, will the Chargers win one playoff game next year? Nope. Nope. I just want to, I, the only reason I put this on there is I want to get out in front of this right now. Because when we get into the offseason and they sign one guy that everybody loves, like every, I'll tell you what, here they come. They, nope. Nope. Don't even waste my time. As long as Brendan Staley's coaching that team, I have no faith in them from a situational standpoint. And if you can't play situational football, you ain't winning the playoffs. So, no, I'm good. <laughs> Stop it. Get some help. When you wrote this, I thought, is, is Verderam trying to become a stand-up comedian? I go, there's zero chance. It's the Chargers. No, yeah. they couldn't win this year. By the way, they may have to start rebuilding soon. Let's be real. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, they're not getting any younger. They've no, been Mac, Kyle Van Noy, Bryce Callahan. No, I hear yeah. you. Man. I hear yeah. you. Austin Eckler's not getting any younger for a back either. Yeah. Uh, John Clifford has a question. Uh, is there a chance we could get Carl Cheffers next week? That's oh. what he's referring to. I'm assuming to Kansas City. Carl Cheffers is officiating the Bills and Bengals this week, which I can't wait to watch turn into an absolute disaster. I look forward to a huge play in that game that's clearly not pass interference that Jeffers throws all of his flags at and his hat. Yeah, just eight flags, his hat, his belt, everything. I mean, we're going to have to at some point probably pan away from Jeffers, um, you know, to make sure the kids don't see anything they shouldn't. Uh, could he next week? It's possible. I, I don't know. I mean, I'll be very honest with you. I'm not up on my rotations of the officials. I don't know. I, um, it's possible. I got to tell you, though, John, I would imagine the Chiefs have probably been pretty upfront with the league that they're not exactly looking at Carl Shepard. I will say this. For the theater of it, bro, it, if they are home, if they're at Arrowhead, 
and Carl Jeffers is the official. I said at the time, and I'll stand by it, that is the only game in my lifetime I genuinely believe the crowd affected an official. He was horrified to call a penalty in the second half of that game. I said it. You can go back and look it up at the halftime stream that night. I'm like, they're going to win in no small part because Cheffers is not going to call one penalty on them the entire rest of the night. And he threw one flag, and that was the famous, there's no flag on the play for whatever. I mean, it was – if he if they put him there for the Chiefs and Bengals, if that happens, that's going to be unbelievable. That almost might actually play to Kansas City's advantage because he's going to be horrified. Like, that crowd – you're going to see guys like actively false starting and Jeffries is like, it's fine. It's legal. Play it. <laughs> Be incredible. Uh, before we get out of here and, and just talk about what we're doing, give me your winners of this week. Give me your yeah. winners, if you will. We've talked a lot about the potential upsets. We've talked in depth about the games. We've talked about our confidence level with each team. But give me your winners because you went five and one last week, which was much better than I did because I had the Vikings winning. I had the Chargers winning, which means I am a dumbass. You're welcome. I am a dumbass for believing in Justin Herbert and Staley. Yes, me. Sterling Holmes is a dumbass. That was the bet. Yeah, look at what you did. Um, My winners this week, the Chiefs, I think, will win. I think it'll be around the number. The number's eight and a half last I looked. I think the Chiefs might cover it. I think I think they probably win by about 10. I, I do. I, I think it's be 30 to 20, something like that. Um I I think the Eagles will win. I think the Giants will cover the touchdown. I think it'll be like 27, 21, somewhere in that range. Uh <sighs> Give me the Niners in a in a really good game, like thirty-one to twenty-eight. So I'll take Dallas to cover Giants to uh, Niners to win. I'm going to take Cincinnati to win the game outright. I just think the Bengals are better right now. I do. I wouldn't be shocked if the Bills won. I just think the Bengals are playing better. I think Allen will make a mistake or two. Burrow won't. And I'll tell you this: the Bills play very simplistic defense. Doesn't mean it's a bad defense. It's just they're very straightforward in how they play. The Bengals under under Anarumo are extremely multiple. They do a lot of different things. They give you a lot of wrinkles, a lot of looks. Allen has not seen that. That could be challenging. I'm going to take the Bengals to win something like 29 to 24. I think they win. I think it's Chiefs-Bengals in the AFC title game. And Geez, I don't know what, what people will talk about in Kansas City all week long if that's the game. And if Cheffers is officiating it, the the odds of it will just be absolutely through the roof if that turns out to be the case. Who do you have? I got Chiefs, Eagles. Uh, I'll roll with the Cowboys because I think the Cowboys, they're going to finally get over the hump. I think Mike McCarthy, yep. this win was huge for him. Brock Purdy's been a great story, but I think the Cowboys' offense is one of the few that the Niners have played that can actually keep pace, right? And if the Cowboys get out to a lead, I think they're able to ice it away. The Niners, I have questions with Purdy coming back in the game, so I'm going to go with the Cowboys there. That's my little upset there. And I'll go with the Bills at home. I I think the Bills, they're not necessarily healthy, but they're healthier than the Bengals. That Bengals' offensive line – 
worries me. I think it's going to be an incredible game down to the wire, maybe a game-winning field goal, but I think the offensive line for the Bengals lets them down, and that's why. Fair enough. Makes a ton of sense. All right, what's going on in your, uh, what's going on in your world? Well, a lot of college basketball, as you can tell by me throwing some of those talks in here. I've uh, been watching Mizzou, and they finally got ranked. And then what happened? Yeah, they're no longer ranked. Being a Mizzou fan is stressful. It's disappointing. I'm glad that you and I have a beer sponsor, so we get free beer. That helps me ease the pain. Uh, drink responsibly, by the way. But, yeah, Mizzou basketball has been an absolute dumpster fire. And also, I'm getting ready for baseball season. I know it's a long, long way away, uh, but I love baseball. As you can tell, I'm wearing actually a Phillies hat today. I'm a Royals fan living in Kansas City. Um, I'm just getting excited because Dak Prescott's little leg motion last night reminded me of Dontrell Willis. No one has a higher leg kick than Dak Prescott or Dontrell Willis. It's incredible. Fair enough. I uh, This is the time of year now that I can kind of come up for air a little bit from football, even though, of course, playoffs are going on. Not, not nearly as much to cover. Uh, with a lot of the teams home. It's time for me to really dive full on into the Knicks and the Devils. I mean, I've, I've watched a ton of the Devils this year, and then their, their losing streak, I started to be like, all right, I mean, I'm not going to watch them just lose night after night. Uh, I'll just keep close tabs. Now they're they're back. Uh, they're rolling. They've won five in a row. They, whatever it is, they're uh, they're they're well in a playoff positioning. They clearly are a team that should make the playoffs and actually be like somewhat dangerous in them. The Knicks are not going to be dangerous in the playoffs, but should at least make the playoffs. Um, I look forward to just being absolutely full blown irate over the Knicks over the next. Uh, I'll give it three and a half months, and uh, the Devils. I think I'm going to actually enjoy, I, I hope here. Uh, you know, so th- that's good. I'm ready to immerse myself into that. Uh, Lucas says the Devils are overrated. Listen, Lucas, the counterpoint, go to hell. Um, so <laughs> I got uh, something you're going to like. Keep talking. I got something you're going to enjoy. All right. All right, fine. I can do that. I can fill time. Um, the Devils can't hurt me as much as the Knicks because the Devils at least have won three cups in my lifetime. And I, I – uh, yeah, yeah, we believe. There you go. Devil's T-shirt. Awesome. Good for you. That's right. It's the last time they made the playoffs. It's the last time they were worth it, damn. Um, but it, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a fine T-shirt. No, I'm I'm uh, I'm excited about watching the Devils here as they go down the stretch. The Knicks, I am, I am cautiously excited about. But you know, the shame with the Knicks is they need to, they need that big guy. And if they got that guy, they'd actually be really good. Like you, you don't mean a big guy. You mean a big like not so a star, like a superstar, a superstar. Yeah, a superstar. Yeah. Um, they need yeah, Jalen Brunson. Not not the guy. Well, listen, love Jalen Brunson. Love him. And I'll be the first to throw up my hand and say, hey, let, I thought when they signed him, I wasn't upset about it. I was just kind of indifferent. I'm like, that's fine. He's a good player, whatever. He has been incredible. And Randall, after having a year last year where he was completely just checked out, has been back to what he was two years ago. He's been awesome. So they have those guys. I mean, Barrett's a good player. Quickly's a good player. Mitchell Robinson's a good player. But they don't have that guy who it's like down the stretch, you know, you're terrified of him. And he's a top five to ten guy in the league. If they could get that guy, they'd be really good. Because I also didn't even mention like Quentin Grimes is actually really good, good as a young player, like a three and D so, guy who actually can get to the to hoop as well. Like topping off the bench, like the Knicks have guys. The problem is going to be when the Knicks get to the playoffs and they face like Brooklyn, 
And you're going to be like, yeah, all right. Like, the Knicks have a deeper roster, but the NBA, it doesn't matter. Like, in the playoffs, you're going to have Durant and Kyrie, and it's like, yeah, they're the two best guys in the court, man. They're going to win the game. The star. You know, or they're going to play the Bucs, and it's Giannis. You know, like, what are you going to do? Good luck like, stopping Embiid. <laughs> right, right. Like, that's just it. You know, you're going to get in a game. It's like, yeah, man, but they have him. Like, the Knicks – and if I see one more thing, like the Knicks should get Zach Levine, I will throw myself through a window. Nothing against Zach Levine. He's a good player, but like he's not that guy. They need to wait until – got the only thing, thank God, in the NBA, like those guys come available because it's like one month of bad basketball and it's like, trade me, trade me out of here. Like <laughs> I'm praying the Mavs suck enough that Luke is like, send me to the Knicks. And it's like – Anything you want, George, just take whatever you want. In fairness, if I were Luca, I'd be pissed. That team right. is two scoops of ass around him. They're horrendous. Dude's out here putting up like 40, 15, and 10 a night, and they're still like losing by six. Yeah. You know, you know what he needs? He needs Jalen Bronson. <laughs> yeah, because that worked out great. Hey, you, you don't think he wants him back right about now? <laughs> he I wants mean, a big man. He wants someone who's good. We got Mitchell Robinson. Yeah, Vince clog the paint for him. That that'd be great. Hey, hey, Mitchell hey. Robinson is an athletic freak. He can't score, but J- James Harden for Luka Doncic. Who says no? <laughs> yeah, uh, all, all the restaurants in uh, Philly. Um, I although Luka Doncic's man puts it down yeah, as well. He's, he's got a little fair, uh... fair, fair enough. Uh, yeah, I like Luka Doncic because I feel like he and I are in the same shape. I feel good about that. Did you ever um, hear him how his like his post game when he's like, yeah, I need a recovery beer? I'm just like, I'm Luca. That's me. It's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, but in any event, all right, listen. It's been sacked in the box. It's January 17th. We are rolling. We are less than a month away from the Super Bowl, which I'll be down at in Glendale. Um, I'm also gonna be at the senior bowl in a couple weeks down in Alabama. Just tell you right now, if you're looking for me. I'm going to be at the Loda Beer Garden in Alabama just housing one of those big burgers with a, with a couple of buddies. Oh, those things are amazing. And then I'm going to get some barbecue. I'm going to wash down a little sweet tea. And then I'm going to work out for about nine hours at the hotel gym. Um, sure. sure you are. Nah, I ain't going <laughs> to. I'll, 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 I'll go down there for an hour. But the hour is like the limit at that point. I'm done after that. And there's no way. I, I'll maybe burn off the sweet tea. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's about as far as we're going to get. But thank God I'm going down there for three nights. Um All right, listen, thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, please go to our uh, iTunes page and leave a a rating, leave a review. If you have a question, leave it in there. We'll answer it on the pod. Uh, Like like and subscribe here on YouTube if you're watching here. Um, Really appreciate all the support. Can't thank you enough. It's been fun. We first started doing this on YouTube. We'd have like five comments, and now we have well over 100 in these shows. So awesome, awesome job by all of you guys. Can't thank you enough. Uh, we will be back next Tuesday. There will be four teams left. That is it. We'll be previewing two games in a meet, in a real, real deep dive way. So thank you so much. For Sterling Holmes, I am Matt Verter, and this is Stack in the Box. See you again next week. Stack in the Box. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.